Let's come back in. This is the third hour. This is the Barton Report from Republic Broadcasting. P.J. Barton is my name. And we're here today on Saturday, 13th, day of March. And we simply go straight back to listen to Alan Watt. Until you have achieved your goal, counterintelligence. Let's talk about counterintelligence and how it works. What is intelligence? Intelligence gathering is sending agents out to simply listen, to listen in marketplaces, bars, cafes, as to what the people are discussing. Lawrence of Arabia, in his own book, Seven Pillars of, of Wisdom, was trained as an agent. Uh, he was trained in Aramaic, Arabic languages. He was given lots of money, he and 11 other people, uh, trained from Cambridge, and sent over to the Arabic countries to start up Arabic newspapers. Once they started putting stories in the newspapers, they went around the marketplaces, they hired lots of guys to listen to gossip to see if the intelligence they were putting out in the papers was being discussed by the recipients, the readers. That's basic intelligence gathering. What is counterintelligence? Counterintelligence, from a government's perspective, is taking information and data that that could be crucially, it could be bad for the ruling regime. And finding ways to counter that knowledge, counter it. What you do, standard-wise, if you can't defame the person who's bringing out a truth or kill them, is to bring out your own heroes. Launch them well, finance them well into the same area saying the same stuff that others are talking about. It's called intelligence, giving out facts. And once they have the following, then they start bringing in aliens and UFOs. And they bring in the New Age, the whole New Age religion into it. Spirituality is the big term they're using today. Until, until a, a newcomer, a skeptic, will hear this stuff from the, the paid agent, who's very good, who says the same, gives the same data as the person who doesn't go into the UFOs and so on. But the guy who doesn't go into the UFOs, aliens, reptilians, and all the rest of it, suddenly um, is thrown out w with the other guy. You're classified with them by association. Your topics are associated. Even though you stay clear of the fantasy stuff, the disinformation, you'll be lumped along with them. And then you've, you've countered the intelligence. When you, when you mention the facts, People laugh at you, say, oh, you probably believe that the aliens are running the world now. And, and that's it. That's counterintelligence. And that is also all over the Internet. And it's paid for by, again, government um, psyops operations. Some groups that I've, I've found uh, are doing uh, really good work where people decide to get together physically. And they will, they will choose a book to read to do with the factual data that's available to the public that can be proven. Oh, Henry Kissinger. Mm. And uh, they'll go through it. They'll analyze the book. They'll analyze the phrases. They'll analyze the contents. They start to, to participate in what they're reading because others will remember this particular era, this time when this event happened, can add to the thing and so on. That's participation. That's communication. And other information, as I say, from those involved who live through things can be added to the whole thing, giving you a much more complete picture so it's, it's a good idea to, take, uh, to start this kind of thing off in your local area, even if there's only two of you that started off. Uh, don't sit and laugh. It's, it's kind of comical at first when you say, well, we're going to discuss this book. You've never done anything in your lifetime. 
sit down and uh, get yourself a coffee or a beer or whatever you need and, and take turns at reading and ask the other guy, do you have anything to add to what I've just read? Do you have any insights into it? what do you think of this? It gets you stimulated into participating and really thinking because everybody who's alive today has been trained literally not to have to think. As Brzezinski said, shortly the public will be unable to reason or think for themselves. They'll expect the media to do their reasoning for them. So let's counter that. Let's get back to thinking for ourselves, using the data, the material, get involved, start using our minds again. And you'll be surprised. It's like a muscle you haven't used for a long time, how quickly you start to use it, how, how sharp you become so quickly. And if you, get, you can get larger groups and larger groups together doing the same thing, and then you can branch them together, communicate together, then they suggest other books that you haven't heard of. Um, maybe you need a particular book for evidence. I have stacks of them at home. Everyone has access somewhere to some material that was stuck away. And when you start putting all of this material together, mainly through, as I say, discussion and reading groups, um, you can add to the knowledge. The more knowledge and facts, actual factual data you can put together, uh, the, the bigger your arsenal is and the easier it becomes to show people and convince them, look, this is authenticated stuff. Here's the factual data. Here's the physical book. Read, read from that book and then have your discussions. What do you think about this? What do you think they meant by this? What do you think has happened? Have they fulfilled this part of an agenda? And most people will say, yeah, they, they have. Well, here's how they did it. The evidence is all there, but knowledge, remember, is scattered. That's also why... Since the 70s and so on, televisions were put up in places where people used to communicate to each other, bars and, and restaurants, the pubs of, of Europe. Everyone talked and discussed everything. The televisions were all put in for a reason. And now everyone's mesmerized and you can hear sports or loud music. You can't communicate anymore. That was government promoters because the government licensed the big chains of taverns and pubs all throughout Europe. And so what you've got really as uh, deliberate attempts, nothing happens for no reason. Why? The customers weren't demanded. They were bored in bars as they discussed topics. People would just move around the pub talking and listening to the conversations and they'd join in the one that you liked. Why was it so important to destroy communication? It's because it's a main propaganda tool that stops communication between people even in a room. Have you noticed too, they don't even discuss the topics once the news is read to them, to each other. They've both been downloaded with the opinions. You don't have to, have to ask what their opinion is. It's going to be the same one as you've been downloaded with, left by the expert. So we've got to get back to communications and communicating with each other and finding the evidence. Knowledge is scattered. Knowledge is power, so it's scattered all over the place and, and thousands of books. But when you can start these reading classes up and get other reading classes communicating with you, even through the Internet, you can start putting the data, the factual data together and so that you can present it to the public and bring in more and more members. Only knowledge and the will to use this knowledge is going to thwart the plans that have, have openly been made for us and declared from the elites at the top. The whole problem of uh, being involved in a community can be a double-edged sword. We know, for instance, that commutarianism it's a term used first by Bush Sr., talking about the collectivist society coming in. The United Nations has us all split up into communities. It's promoted through local TV, even Sudbury here. 
has your community. This is your local community. Be involved in your community. They're talking about a politically correct community. That's the problem. Government really penetrated and altered and distorted and changed society through communities. Not just with television, which has certainly destroyed the community spirit. The intent of governments, and it's a t this is how abusers work too. Abusers work with the same technique because they want power over a victim. The abuser will come in and take care initially of problems for the, of the abused. Often the problems are the very outcome of what the abusers have been doing to the victims in the first place. Governments came in with welfare, for instance, a long time ago, in all countries about the same time. At one time, families helped each other out. You didn't need welfare. If someone lost their job, everyone chipped in. Uh, you didn't condemn the family member for being unemployed or ill or whatever or losing their job. Families helped each other. Now, the family, remember, is still really the, the smallest nucleus of a tribe. And then government came in with unemployment insurance, which they took off you, but nothing was for free. And gradually over time, when people became unemployed or even sick for a while and couldn't work, I heard people even say to their own relatives, well, go to welfare, that's what they're for. There are social agencies to deal with this. Until today, we're, we're, we're in a sad state where even close relatives won't help each other out. They expect the government, the abuser, the government is the abuser. They expect the government to take care of all financial problems for the unfortunate victims. And, and they stop helping each other out. We've got to start reclaiming the rights to... And you can do it personally with people you know to help other people out and, and start countering the government's uh, mandate because the government's mandate is for control over the victims, not to help the victims. Those who fall under, uh, under that particular level into the welfare state have their lives run by government agencies and social workers. That's what uh, Huxley says. He says that they won't need their survival capabilities Russell said the same thing, because the government is taking care and making all their decisions for them. In order to help you, it's really to take you over and have you obeying uh, them and their system. That's what you're up against, a planned war strategy, making them dependent upon government services, not their family units, not their brothers and sisters, their fathers and mothers, but on the state itself. We've got to counter that and become involved again uh, in the lives of those around us and have our own true communities. It doesn't matter if there's only five of you in a community, even if you live in a town or a city, that's your own little community. We all have something in common. What it really is, is gaining knowledge for your own and others' self-preservation and survival in, of the, into the future. These video interviews have all been exclusive. Okay, that's just a small input, yeah? And just run it on a bit, Ken. Sorry, I didn't know those ads were there. With New World Order... You just run around three minutes or so. ...and researcher into geopolitics, really, and history. So I follow where the world has been, the techniques were used to bring them to those stages, and I plan them to where we are today and where how the future is planned. I've researched uh, so many books. I've got a library of my own. 
uh, elect paperback books or at least hardback books because they're permanent records of the past. And if you can't understand the past, you understand the present or the future. I've also been in the music business, uh, heavily involved for years. And um, I saw how culture creation works uh, from the top and how generations were swayed into new fashions, uh, new ideas. I've been following the histories of what's now called the New World Order for many, many years. And I try to go into the books written by the big players, the technocrats themselves, those famous people like the Kissingers, the Brzezinskis and so on, the Huxleys, the Lord Bertrand Russells, who all worked for the same organizations. And I came to the conclusion, really, there was only one big organization but with many subcategories. These boys tend to publish the world that they saw coming into view. And they wrote it in their own hand, basically. They told us where they were taking the world. And when you start studying these things about the age of 14, 15, or even younger, and reading their books, and you live long enough, you will see that the world has turned out exactly as they planned. Uh, this can't be coincidence. And who can uh, really write up a wish list and make it happen globally? Unless there is an organization, very, very powerful, probably the, mo the only organization really on the planet. An organization that can fund all sides, all oppositions, and using the synthesis of conflicting parties, they can literally make the world come into view as they planned. The plan in centuries, and the astonishing thing is when you go into the United Nations, which was loosely based on the Soviet system, they plan certain parts of their agenda in 50-year plans, some in 100-year plans, and some even in 150-year plans for different aspects of it. The Russells, the Huxleys, and so on, Brzezinski's, also use the same terminology with their long-term plans. And you've got to understand, too, that nothing in culture comes out from the grassroots. Uh, even Plato talked about that thousands of years ago. He said that if it was a grassroots movement uh, really coming from the people, then those in charge, the dominant minority, would lose control. Therefore, every change in culture, right down to fashion and music, and this was written 2,300 years ago, had to be authorized from the top and promoted from the top if it fitted with the, the continuance of control over the public. And these are sciences which were taught down through the ages, are still taught today to the big players, and they've used it to the full in the 20th century, now into the 21st century with the use of television, mass communications, radio, etc. Everything has been given to us for the appropriate time and stage in the actual planning. And uh, for those who are coming into this kind of study, it's best to go into the books, as I say, written by the big players themselves. They love to boast. Yeah, Kissinger's got lots of books out there. So has Brzezinski. Uh, these are probably two of the master players in geopolitics. Try to stay away from all the conspiracy books. They can, they're also put out there on purpose. Very fascinating books. But the Legion circles forever without giving you the overall picture to the fact that every generation has a purpose up until this present time. And in a post-industrial era, these big boys have decided, and their masters too,
that we are simply superfluous and they no longer need us. Hence, we have uh, big foundations coming forward and organizations like the Optimum Population Trust who have decided to come out openly and demand that governments start radically reducing the populations. We are now the useless eaters, as Lord Bertrand Russell called us. Our ideas, our opinions on everything, our worldview, even to do with population uh, and the fake view that we're overpopulated, is all projected to us by the mainstream media working in concert for their masters. And we begin to parrot what we hear through repetition. And that's so important as repetition uh, with slogans and catchphrases. And once you hear it happening in your own local group, your milieu, then you, will, you, you know it's working. And the camera can make anything appear to be true. You'll see that in India, for instance, they always use the same streets of Bombay to make you think that you're massively overcrowded, and that's the impression people think of the entire Indian continent. The Indian continent is huge, with thousands and thousands of miles of forest where no one lives. It's the same in Africa, too. China, being the model state for the world, for instance, uh, put into effect the United Nations policy to the extreme with its population reduction and the movements of people off of the rural areas into cities. They said that years ago. Uh, right now, they're in the process of moving 200 million more people off into the major cities, and that's the major newspapers. The cities appear to be crowded because everyone's being moved into them. In the Western world, since the 1950s, again under the, the, the term of urban sprawl and stopping urban sprawl, the Western countries also signed agreements to do no more building in the outskirts and the, of the major cities. All existing buildings have to be used or else knocked down replaced with even higher ones. But regardless, with the immigration and the free flow of people now from third world countries, the Western countries appear to be overcrowded. And yet the UN's own statistics show, and so the national census show, uh, that the Europeans, for instance, Canadians and Americans, uh, who have been here for a couple of hundred years, are actually in decline. So the overpopulation problem is simply an image projected by the media as more and more people are crammed into the same cities and they bring more immigrants in to fill them. But I also realized the system of schooling when I was going to school was bogus. Uh, the histories were bogus. And I was very, very lucky to have access to very old libraries, very old libraries, town libraries. Uh, some of them had reference books going back into the 1700s, written at the time. When you compared the histories I was being taught in school to the histories that were written at the time, they were completely different. You had a deeper understanding of how geopolitics had been used in the past to even populate the country of Canada. Uh, London couldn't get immigrants to, to go off into the new colonies. What they did for Australia was to create so many laws that you couldn't help but break them, and poverty. And therefore, stealing a loaf of bread to feed you or your family would get you deported to Australia with your family. That's how they populated Australia, crime. They created the laws for crime. With Scotland, they had a rebellion, which could have been rigged, and I often think it was. And the whole of Scotland was punished 
and they, they deported millions of the Scots off to the Americas to populate the Americas. This is geopolitics in action. That's how it works. And whole peoples are often moved from their land because the elite masters want them elsewhere to be productive for them, themselves, the masters. When you look at the strategy for the US and Canada, again, long-term strategy, long-term planning, you'll find that the big corporations of their day, the Hudson's Bay companies, the Fraser companies, were given charters to own the land before Canada was Canada or US was the US. They were simply called the Americas. These were private international corporations that had the power of life and death over everyone who lived within their areas. The queen or the king had a consulate in every country, uh, lieutenant general or governor general, they call them. We still have one in Canada today who represents the queen. They have all the powers over life and death of subjects under that governor. How they stopped rebellion in the past was to give us an idea of what they called democracy. They knew from the, the Chartist movement in Britain, for instance, and elsewhere, other countries, people were demanding rights for the first time. And so once again, they gave us champions to speak on our behalf, which calmed the people down, thinking for, for the first time in history, the people were involved in their own destiny creation, and nothing was further from the truth. Because the planners knew that once you bring people into a country or a continent, create real wealth for them and get businesses going, clear the land, drain the swamps, and so on, they can take it all away from you through laws 200 years down the road. And that's what's happening now. Long-term geopolitics once more. And if you think I'm kidding about this, go into the history books written at the time. They're still there in some of the libraries. And you can also go into the art of geopolitics. There's even videos on YouTube on Brzezinski boasting about how he set up the Taliban in Afghanistan. You'll see him encourage them to fight the Soviets at that time in the 1970s. And he actually says, yours is a holy war. This man, who obviously believes in nothing but himself and his own peer group, is encouraging another people to go and fight a holy war, a jihad, and he uses these terms against the Soviets, knowing full well, once it was set up and was backed by the CIA, that 10, 15 years down the road, they'd be a problem, and then they'd have to go to war with the very group they'd created to fight the Soviets. That's what's happening today. Long-term strategies, well, that's how history has always been run. If you can go into the books where you find the British Home Office is mentioned. Study the history of the diplomatic corps. Because the diplomats were spies. They would go into territories, set up embassies, collect intelligence data for future invasions. Their job was also to try and grab the rights of minerals, gold, silver, etc. across the planet. All natural resources. And find ways, long-term strategy, to either bribe it off the present rulers of those countries or else create an ultimate war with them and simply steal it under the guise of occupation. We're living through a stage today, as I say, where this is all coming to a culmination. This is the post-industrial era. We're post-technical uh, almost in the West. It's all done in other countries, all the technical stuff. 
And Brzezinski himself talks about the technocratic era where the future will be for an elite with a highly trained bureaucracy underneath them and scientific elite who will not need the human labor that they've needed in the past. Human labor that, that is excessive and is unemployed and is hungry is now a threat to that established elite. So now they're doing something which they, they can only do to the human species. They don't need to do this with animals. With animals, you just go out and hunt them and kill them. We are the only species that has to be convinced to allow ourselves, for the good of all, to be sterilized and bring down the population through abortion on one end and euthanasia on the other, under the guise to save the planet. And unfortunately, with the massive propaganda campaigns that are all over media and every country at the same time, with all the big foundations backing them with unlimited financing, Remember, the two of the foundations are owned by the international bankers themselves. Then they can pull all of this off, and unfortunately, it really is working. In kindergarten now, you walk into a kindergarten anywhere in Europe or Americas, and you'll see the rainbow inside every single one of them. You'll see all the terms about the world. Here's the globe. We're all global. And you'll see the greeting messages everywhere, everywhere and how sacrifice will have to be made to save the world and the planet and future generations of society. Sacrifice. You tie that together with the institutions that com were comprised of the, the Fabian Society. It was a member of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. That's one society. The Council on Foreign Relations is also the same thing as the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They are what Thatcher and Professor Carl Quigley called the parallel government. They have told us what the future is going to be. Uh, some of their members have even written books about the need to cull off massive amounts of the population by any means possible. And so we see this final stage being pushed as they convince us that we are the problem. The Club of Rome that also belongs to the same group. In the 1990s, the two founders said that back in the 1970s at the Club of Rome, they were given the task as a premier think tank for the globe, this global society, the task to find ways of uh, reducing the population and controlling the people to go along with this, convincing the public how to go along with it. And they said they looked at all possible means of doing so. What had worked before, again, geopolitics, strategy, under warfare conditions, the public will give up freedom. The public will be directed by governments, bureaucracies, and police, military, etc. Under warfare, the public sacrifice. They'll have less food, they'll ration stuff. They go along with it to save themselves. Therefore, they'd have to find a warfare strategy, a reason for war. And what they came up with was that man was the enemy of the planet. They said that the idea that global warming could be created and blamed upon mankind would fit the bill. These are the words they used. That would fit the bill, written in the 1970s, and decided at the think tanks then, and published by the guys involved in a book called The First Global Revolution, well worth reading. When they hit upon an idea from a premier think tank, they will never change that agenda.
I've said before, it wouldn't matter if we're up to our eyes in snow all year round. They will still stick to global warming. That's the agenda. Now, of course, they've changed it slightly to climate change, which simply means changes in the weather. And they're in the process now of convincing the general public to be afraid of summer, for instance. It's all done through the alteration and distortion of perceptions. Massive psychology is used on all of this. And they certainly understand mass psychology of the general public. These boys don't simply announce things or make up a wish list of the future and send it up the chimney to Santa Claus. When they come up with an idea, they implement it. I follow the United Nations Department of Statistics as they announce every single year the sperm count of the Western male. Okay, we go to this break and we'll be back in a few minutes. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. For over 20 years now, Extendivite has proven time and again, it really works. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. I received an arterial switch at birth. In my mid-20s, I started getting slight runs of NSVT. Nothing too serious, but enough to cause worry. I started taking Extendivite a little over two years ago, and it helped cut the palpitations and NSVT down drastically. This isn't a cure-all supplement. I strongly recommend a good diet and exercise to aid in any heart troubles you may be having. And I strongly recommend giving Extendivite a try. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile oxysilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. 
Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. few more minutes or 10 more minutes or so to Alan Watt, okay? Which has been falling drastically since 1950s. They say that it's down by about 75-85%. Now, when something like that's happened across the whole of Europe and the Americas in 50 years, and they suddenly started noticing it 50 years ago, at sudden onset, and there's no crisis made about it, there's no, there's no uh, comeback after announcing the statistics. They just tell you the, the cold, hard statistics and go off to the next statistic on some other topic. That means it's part of the agenda. Otherwise, it would be a crisis. If this wasn't planned and part of the agenda, believe you me, it would be a crisis if they didn't authorize it. And now they tell us that the average American has less than 20% sperm and only about 15% is motile. That's not a coincidence. What happened in the 1950s to start out this ball rolling? In the 1950s, they suddenly put all the, the known female uh, synthetic estrogens into food supply. They put it in baby foods. Procter and Gamble were the first one to admit after investigation 40 years later that they were using a rinse to supposedly sterilize the baby bottles, and it contained bisphenol A. An odd thing to rinse baby bottles with when bisphenol A is the very thing that attacks young male children at that age and stops the testes from developing properly. You go back even further into more detail and you find out that the cosmetic industry were using insufflatants Insufflation is a technique where certain carriers are put into the creams themselves and these creams then absorb into the skin carrying other chemicals with them. They're almost like the they carry the payloads into the target in the bloodstream. We find that the women were highly toxic 
with the artificial bisphenol A and other ingredients. And therefore, within the first 8 to 12 weeks of pregnancy with a male child, there's a very good chance that male would grow up to be either almost completely sterile uh, or, as I say, maybe have, a, have some motile sperm. This was all understood 50 years ago. Bisphenol A, for instance, was discovered in the 1890s, and the properties it had against humans, especially males, was known then too. Now it's in all the beer cans, great target males again. They line the cans with it. Uh, there's been many uh, exposés on it now. The CBC in Canada, which is a government-owned television station, it's, it's the BBC, basically, of Canada, did a, a documentary series called the, the, the Disappearing Male. And it goes through all of that in that particular uh, talk with, with proof. Also, if we go back to the writings of Lord Bertrand Russell and uh, Julian Huxley and Aldo Huxley, who were also related to the Darwins, by the way, you'll find that they talked about ways to sterilize the populations in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. But of course, and they even said they would use the needle to create a, a compliance, pliable population, meaning to dumb down the people and also to, to bring down the fertility rates. In the 1950s, across Europe and the Americas, what came out, what, under vast promotion, what came out? The polio vaccine came out. That was the first one ever to come out through a mass fear campaign. A massive fear campaign. Polio was, was, was very, very rare. Yet, if you go back to the old path, black and white newsreels, that they showed all over the world at the time, they showed, they showed you the same one boy in the iron lung, and that terrified the whole world. How many polio cases were, was actually there? Was it really polio? We do know that from those first shots, those injections, the, the generation that got them all ended up with carrying a hundred simian viruses, live simian viruses in the shot. And simian 40 only had one function according to the, to the maker, the discoverer of the vaccine, and that was to cause cancer. And I also have uh, a copy of the discussion with this particular man uh, and his staff admitting that. They knew that at the time. What they said was they thought that the risks outweighed the bad benefits that might come along down the road. That was the excuse. Since then, we've been trained to accept more and more inoculations until babies now get a something like 30 inoculations before they're at the hospital. When you look into the big manufacturers of inoculations, like the Baxter Laboratories that uh, were in the news recently because they sent out live uh, uh, flu virus along with the, with the bird flu virus mixed together and were caught by another country who tested it on ferrets and the ferrets all died. They had done the very thing that they say that they're worried about happening in nature where the common flu is mixed with a killer flu and becomes highly contagious. They actually did it by mistake, we're told. But go back into Baxter Laboratories even further, and you find Baxter Laboratories was part of IG Farbring Group in World War II. Uh, they were responsible for creating chemicals and so on that were used as gas. 
and they're also used in other medical experiments on prisoners. That's in the records of uh, the inquiry that went on into I.G. Farben. A good book to read is The Crimes and Punishment of I.G. Farben. All of that stuff's documented in there. All the companies, the Western corporations that were involved in the setting up of the Hitler regime are mentioned in that book. And Baxter Laboratories, the one who's coming out with all the shots we have to take supposedly for the swine flu, are still on the go. So when you go into, uh, as you see, Connaught Laboratories as an example, uh, Connaught Laboratories was employed during World War II to, to manufacture bacterium and, and viruses, uh, fungus that attack wheat and corn, etc., in Germany. Um, Mr. Banting, who discovered uh, insulin, the great hero Banting, during World War II, his main uh, occupation was finding ways to annihilate the food supply of an entire country. And he came up with uh, ideas of creating a form of what we now call mad cow disease, uh, something that rotted the brains of the cattle for, for herds, dairy herds and beef herds. And it was manufactured in World War II. And I often wonder if that's really, if there really is such a thing as mad cow disease, is that where it came from? But to say these big laboratories and Connaught laboratories eventually became responsible for, for instance, for the blood supply for hospitals and hemophiliacs and byproducts of blood supply for Canada. When Mr. Clinton was in power, he signed a deal with some prisons in the U.S. where the prisoners would get a dollar or two for a pint of blood. And this stuff was all to be sold to Canada. And almost every hemophiliac in Canada, everyone who got the blood supply came down uh, with uh, hepatitis and various other diseases. The government held about a 10-year inquiry, waiting until they are all pretty well dead, maybe one or two survived, before they paid out compensation. They knew at the very beginning that this blood was contaminated. And these Connaught Laboratories, part of the industrial military complex, military industrial complex used in World War II, buying the blood and selling it and distributing it across Canada. When the CBC did a documentary on Connaught Laboratories and their role in this, the little guy who purchased it was caught on the steps of his office of the building, and he turned around and he said to the camera crew, after who questioned him on all the deaths that were caused in Canada, thousands of them, he said, it's business. That, that was the only reply given. I've said for many years that the biggest international corporations are real corporations, but they're also front groups for one system. During the Cold War, for instance, many books were published on the war, how it would be won, and so on. And what they all agreed upon was those with the highest technologies would win. Now, if you were in a free enterprise system, you could never allow inventions coming out of nowhere unauthorized, especially in communications and different means, to be given to the general public. Therefore, the CIA, MI6, and other countries' agencies created front organizations to lead the charge and control technology. You could never allow free competition in technology and give it to the people without authorization. It has to be permitted by those who rule. That goes across the board with everything, as I say, from those who rule. 
you create culture, you manipulate culture, you give the public what you deign to give them, you suppress that which you don't want the public to have, it must be under a control. You cannot have that with a true free market enterprise and true entrepreneurism. You, you can't have it. Therefore, you put up the front companies, they're real companies, they will really manufacture stuff, but it's what's been authorized. And guys at the top, CIA, MI6, fund them and run them. We've seen this with different banks that were set up by CIA in the past, where they funnel money to all the major wars we're fighting. It was the BCCI, it was one of the first ones that collapsed. Papa Bush was a director at one time. And then he was in. Then Alan Watt, and then we go on the next piece, okay? Okay, 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 okay. We'll, I'll, I'll need all the time left, uh, Ken. That's okay. Uh, when I'm finished, you may have a few minutes left. I'll cut it down if I can. Okay, that was the outstanding Alan Watt. And do go to his famous site, Cutting Through the Matrix, a tome of information. And uh, his archive is mostly on that site as well, I imagine. But uh, shockingly, Alan Watt died on the 4th of March. And he, as I say, he's the best of the best of the best in the Patriot Movement and historians of what is going on and what we're in the midst of now, etc., etc., and in so, so, so many ways. Anyway, I just wanted to finish up today with a, a statement of fact, and that is um, I've been doing this program, The Barden Report, for five and a half years now, and I've had some great guests, Deborah Tavares on the Deep State and the corporate attack on all of us, Jim Lee on climate, the climate, uh, climate viewers decide climate toxic poison that the military industrial complex is spraying out of aircrafts on us every day. Alana Freeland on the uh, ionizing degradation of and solar dimming. We had David Dubine on the rapid advance of the grand solar minimum and the coming right now starting mini ice age and the collapse of the food production system which is happening, prices are beginning to spike already for food and will really hit hard over the next year or two. Uh, Mark Steele on the um, living nightmare of what 5G radiation is and the deadly effects of high-frequency LED lighting. That's nearly a year since we talked to him. Pierce Corbin on the scam of global warming and the absolute CO2 hoax. <laughs> Take note, Greta Thunberg. And great inputs from Dolores Cahill to play her pieces on, this, on the COVID scandal. Ralph Nader on the Boeing whistleblower and <laughs> the destruction of Boeing and the vast amounts of stunning scientific government lies exposed by Mike Adams. I covered them as best I can over that time. The endless degradation of society by politicians and the mammoth secret society stealing the economy from right under us. Banks, multinationals and legislations are really doing it. And the COVID is just the last nail on the coffin, that's for sure. Not to mention the gargantuan crime of Big Pharma as catalogued in Dr. Peter Gucci's book, Deadly Medicine and Medicines and Organized Crime, How Big Pharma Have Corrupted Healthcare on a, again, massive scale. And we are today in March 2021 living in an epi at the epicenter of this 
in the COVID attack on the whole of society. Amidst all of this, I am surrounded by uh, lost opportunities to expand RBM leadership from from not uh, making alliances in the patriot movement that is fragmented by too many small radio stations. Uh, we we have um, an individual who is having, I'll name him now in a minute, an unnecessary bus stops and falling out with outstanding people like Gerald Salente, Vincent Fanelli, and further back, Robbie Noel. I could name many, many more throwing out a broadcasting technology which was gifted to RBN by Dave at Crucial Nonsense, an outstanding tech genius which has pulled the rug from under this program in, in effect. The same individual has come to deal, has cho- chose to deal with some third-rate individuals who have nothing to, to contribute to Patriot Radio. I'm referring to John Stapmiller, the owner of RBN. So I can no longer continue, that's PJ Barden speaking here, on this station, and this program tonight is my last program on RBN. The Barden Report will continue in the near future, and details will be published on the site thebardenreport.com, whose website will be fully up and running by the 27th of March next. Okay, so thank you for listening these past five and a half years, and we'll play out tonight with um, two nice pieces of music, I think, Rita Coolidge and Acker Bilk. Okay. The more sophisticated form of slavery, and we're going through it today. Okay. 
Extendivite 7 herb formulation is approved to help maintain cardiovascular health and help lower blood lipid levels in adults. Extendivite is made from hawthorn, garlic, valerian, cayenne, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, and milk thistle. The herbs at Extendivite have been chosen for their ability to help with overall health. Many people have reported improved energy and stamina in just a few months. If you think you could feel just a little bit better, then Extendivite may just be for you. Extendivite is an all-natural supplement. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 